0: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Saturday morning, I encountered the perfect metaphor for sin. I was in the parking lot of the Tucson Mall driving with my father, my son, and my ex-husband in the car. I, that's not the sin. <laughs> Nor is being at the mall. Wait for it. I turned right onto a two-way street within the parking lot, big double yellow line down the center, to discover a car headed towards me in my lane, about 50 meters away. I stopped immediately. Whatever was going on, if we could all just hold our position, we could figure it out and get out of it unscathed. The driver of the car coming towards me did not stop. She accelerated at us. I honked, she continued. I laid on the horn, she continued. I screamed and she finally stopped, abruptly, inches away from my front bumper. There was yelling. Fair to say there was a lot of yelling. But her yelling included, as she rolled down her window and I rolled down my window, her saying over and over again, everyone knows. This is a one-way street. It looked like a two-way street to me with its double yellow line, but, but who cares? Even if she was right, even if I was in the wrong and I was the one going in the wrong way, why accelerate? Why be so confident in our rectitude, in our infallibility, that we will sweep away anyone in front of us because we are right. And I felt so powerless in the face of her conviction that she was right. And I didn't just feel helpless, I was helpless. And so was my family. We are sinners and we are sinned against. Sometimes we're sinning and we don't even know it. And we accelerate forward in our sin, not caring about who is in our way. Especially if we believe that they are wrong. And sometimes everyone knows that what we're doing is right. But it's not right in God's eyes. Our sin can be affirmed by those around us. But on Ash Wednesday and at Lent, God is calling us to put on the brakes, to pause, to reflect, to look around, to think about where we're going, where God would have us go, to notice who is around us and and where they're going, and to be reflective. There is so much in our world today that could be healed by honest reflection, both as individuals and as groups. We have some introspection to do as individuals, as a church, as a nation. Where are we falling short and sinning? Where are we turned the wrong way? Where are we right but being right in such a way that it might harm others? Now as a bishop, I get to do the baptismal covenant almost every week because I'm confirming people. And the question about sin in the baptismal covenant is always sort of provocative and interesting to me because it says, you know, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. And I feel like sometimes in the Episcopal Church we we hear that when we say those words with our mouths, but what we're really thinking is, you know, if on the off chance I should occasionally make a small mistake, I'll say I'm sorry. Whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. Our baptismal covenant, our faith, assumes that sin is normative. We will always be sinning. Whenever you sin, it's not, you know, it's not some rare occurrence. Sin is normative. And admitting to sin and repenting is not giving up on God or saying that we are beyond the bounds of God's redemption. It's just being human. Whenever you sin, Repent and return to the Lord. Whenever. Like the gospel tonight, which I love, you know, whenever you give alms, do it this way. The gospel assumes that we will be giving alms, and Jesus wants us to do it right. And whenever you pray, do it this way. Again, Jesus assumes that we all pray. Even even the people who are not following him, even the people who are doing it wrong, are still praying. So Jesus tells us how to pray. Whenever you fast, do it this way. Again, Jesus assumes that that everybody fasts, the good and the bad, the righteous and the unrighteous, but Jesus wants us to do it right. So whenever you sin, how, how do we repent? How do we repent fully and openly and correctly as Jesus would have us do it? Tonight after we receive our ashes, we will pray the Litany of Penitence, and I want you to use that as an opportunity to go deep and courageously and with your eyes wide open into your own sin. The Litany of Penitence is very thorough. It looks at all sorts of aspects of our lives, as again, as individuals and as groups. And it may take more than just the one reading of it to reflect sufficiently upon how each petition is reflected in your life. How have you sinned in this way, in this petition? How have you sinned in the next one? Take heart and have courage. It's okay to find yourself in these petitions. Because that's the whole point, is that, that it is written there because we do all of those things. Every one of us. You know, we, our anger at our own frustration and our envy of those more fortunate than ourselves. Read that. Take that home. And then go home and you know, make a list. Start thinking about when have you been angered at yourself? When have you envied somebody who's more fortunate than you are? Confess it and then set it aside for our waste and pollution of our, your creation and our lack of concern for those who come after us. Again, go home, take this with you. Think about how you as an individual embody that sin. Think about how we collectively embody that sin. And without fear, admit it, confess it, and then repent and turn and receive grace. The absolution tonight is kind of ambiguous. At The end of the litany of repentance, I, the first year I was a priest, you know, I'm pretty good at reading words on the page and I didn't really look at it ahead of time. I've done Ash Wednesday many times and I got to the absolution and I suddenly, as I was reading it aloud, had this moment of going, wait a second, is this an absolution? It, it's not the usual formula and, and I had this moment of going, am I supposed to do this? Am I not supposed to do this? What am I doing? Lutherans confess all Lent but don't get absolution until Maundy Thursday. They have a tradition of withholding absolution until right before we're ready to receive Jesus from the tomb. Tonight we do get an absolution from that whole litany of penitence, from that journey into the stuff we'd rather not show most of the time. We get absolution. We have that promise that Jesus has given us at our baptism that that there is no sin that is beyond the bounds of God's redemption. That God loves you as you are. In all your frailty and brokenness and sinfulness, you have not become unlovable to God when you admit your sin. God's love is strong enough that we can leave behind some of those sins. We can repent which means to turn around. Back to that metaphor of the two-way street. We can be heading in the wrong direction and carefully supported by those around us turn around and go the right way so that we will not harm others, so that we will not harm ourselves, and so that God's grace and love and mercy can be glorified. Amen.